I've worked with so many clients that have said, I'm not doing it again. I did it with my first. And then I get the email going, I'm writing my second one. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, 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 welcome back. This is episode 60. And today we talk about what it takes to become an authority. So what is it you need to do in order to be able to be seen as an expert, an authority in what you do? So that's what we're talking about today. Of course, you could go out and say that you're an expert. That's not what real experts do, is it? You don't see the Seth Godins of the marketing world or Anthony Robbins jumping up and down saying, I'm an expert, I'm an expert. Now, it's their work itself that speaks for them, and it's their reputation. But what do you do if you're relatively new in business, you don't have a reputation yourself, or your business doesn't have your reputation? How do you get seen as an authority? Well, my guest today will tell you that probably a good way to do that is to write a book, become an author. And you know what it's like if you watch a TV interview or uh, see somebody introduced on stage, the title author carries quite a bit of weight, doesn't it? They always get introduced by, uh, as an author. So this is something you can do to become instantly credible to help you develop your reputation. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Of course, it might not make you a million. You hear a lot about people who write books but don't make a lot of money about it. Sometimes people do make money from, uh, from writing. But the reason I want to talk about this today is the fact that there's so many people these days using books and, uh, and publishing as a way to build their credibility for their business. And of course, that's what we're focused about on this podcast. So to help us talk about this and to, to get all of the, the real detail and, and how it works, we have friend of the show coming back to us today from episode 16, if he was about wow, to... was it really? Wow. Episode 16. <laughs> Now, uh, she is a multiple author and speaker herself and has recently published her new book, Becoming an Authority. Karen Williams, welcome back to the Get Rid of Our Business podcast. Thank you, Clive. I'm delighted to be here today. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. I know that you've been very busy, uh, what with coaching other authors and writing your own books. And it's funny, you were telling me uh, the, like the other day when we caught up, you didn't even set out to write your own book, did you? But you, you went not, to... not this last one. No, it just poured out of me earlier in the year. So yes, <laughs> it's quite it's quite a surprise when it suddenly came out and just needed to be written. Oh, I see. Yes, it's almost like having a baby, is it? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so what we like to do on the podcast now, which has changed a little bit uh, back from episode 16, is that we start with a random question. Now, sometimes I take a random question from. Uh, a list of questions that have been submitted. But today I've got a burning question that I want to ask you. So we'll do that mm-hmm. and then we'll get into the, uh, into the episode. My question for you today is, which book inspired you most? You're an author yourself. Which book inspired you most or changed your life in the biggest way? Gosh, there's not, no other way of putting me on the spot. Oh, well, so many books have changed my life. I think when I started out as a coach back in 2006, it was a lot of the coaching books. Um, that that changed my life back then, you know, sort of um, 
things that people like, um, you know, Fiona Harold, you know, people like that who were kind of on that kind of the first wave of coaches that started to write books. And I think they're the types of books that influenced me and impacted me back when I started out in business. So we're looking at sort of 13, 14 years ago now. Um, but yeah, they're the ones that probably just got me off the backside, really realizing there was a different way. And of course, my business has evolved in the last 13 years. And books I would recommend now, or you know, have influenced me now, are probably very different to those who influenced me back then. Oh, okay. So what are you reading at the moment then? Um, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading um, Tara Moore's book um, about, oh gosh, I can't remember the title. Just started <laughs> reading it a couple of days ago, but it's all about um, stop being small because obviously becoming an authority is about stepping uh, up, being more than an author. Um, I, re- I referenced her book in my book, but I hadn't actually read it from cover to cover. So I thought earlier this week I would sit down and actually read it. Um, I haven't really got much further than the introduction, but it's something I'll be reading over the next few weeks. That's fantastic. It certainly seems to be a, a clear trend that if you look at anybody who's successful in business or life generally, they do tend to do a lot of reading, particularly you know, in the business mm-hmm. sector. Uh, you look at the real giants uh, in the business world, they are they're prolific readers, aren't they? Absolutely. And I, I try and read as much as I can. But to be honest, I read my clients' books more than I read um, any other sort of business books. But I like to set time aside every so often just to sit down with a good book you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, but these days, you know, anyone who wants to be someone has written a book. Um, so actually knowing what else is out there on your topic is, is something to consider. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so it's nice in a way that if you end up writing a book, then you've got this massive opportunity to influence other people. Like uh, certainly mm. I've been influenced, like you say, you've been influenced. And today I kind of want to dig into that really, because we're talking about the other side of it, actually writing a book for creating authority to leverage for your business. Mm-hmm. Um, this sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is a lot of work. Um, you know, to write a book, it is a lot of work. But I think when you are spending, you know, when you're investing time, money and energy into a book, it makes sense to do it well. And for me, that's where I come from. If you're writing a book, you know, anyone could be an author, but to become an authority is a completely different ball game. Um, so if you are actually, it's a lot of work. But actually, I, I like to make it as easy as possible for people. Yeah, sure. And I, I guess that's a little bit like, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah, one bite at a time. It's all breaking it down into those bite-sized chunks. Yeah, sure. So, okay, people use uh, the title author a lot as a, as a sort mm. of introduction, really. How important, what kind of impact does this make? If you become an author, whether you self-publish or not, I mean, that's one of the, the things as well, what self-publishing these days, there are no real barriers for you getting a book out there. It's not like you've got to get signed up to some publishing house. Mm. Uh, but what kind of impact does it realistically make for people? Um, I think it really depends on the book, to be honest. Um, when I um, did my research for becoming an authority, I recognised the change in the publishing industry over the last 10 years. So whereas when I wrote my first book 10 years ago, things were very different. You know, We looked for the traditional publishing route um, there was, you know, there were self-publishing um, options out there, but they're not anywhere near as popular as, as they are now. But for me, for a book to be successful, it has to be good quality. So for anybody who wants to actually use their book as an authority, you know, as an authority building tool, it's not enough to have any old book, you know, to have to have one that really enables you to um, showcase your expertise that actually positions you is, is very different from writing anything. So I think that's the downside with publishing now is that it's become easier than ever to get a book out there, but it's got to be good if it's going to elevate your, your profile. And, you know, I think self-publishing is great, um, but it does have to be your best book and the best quality possible. 
Okay, okay. So, yeah, I, I suppose at the end of the day, if you put out a, a book that's, you can get everything self-published, but if you've got a book that's badly spelled and that yeah. there's real value to that, then that's not going to be very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, how are you, you've mentioned changes in the publishing industry. I'm also seeing changes in the way that people are leveraging their books. What kind of changes have you noticed? In the publishing industry or the leverage side of things? Uh, well, let's, let's take the, the publishing industry first of all, and then we'll go on to look at how people are using books differently these days. Um, well, I think from the publishing point of view, it's become easier. I think there's a couple of things that technology has made it easier to promote oneself these days. So, you know, certainly when I wrote my first book and I interviewed successful coaches for that, their um, social media got a cursory mention in there. And actually now, if you think how, you know, we've stayed in touch over the years through sort of social media, um, you know, you, you tend to be in each other's lives more often and also just keeping an eye on what's going on. So I think technology's had a huge impact. But when it comes to publishing, it, you can literally just write anything upload it to Amazon and become a published author. You know, that is, that is the bare bones of it. Anybody can do it these days. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what's changed in the publishing industry. Um, yeah. But it gives people the option, doesn't it? It gives people the, you know, what's lovely about it, it just gives people the, um, you know, a different way of getting their message out there. So if you're like me and you're, you know, introverted, you know, I would much prefer to sit and write a blog post rather than stand on stage, although you, you've seen me when I spoke at the coaching group up in Essex um, many, many years ago. Um, I think it just gives people a different outlet to get their message out there. So that's the brilliant thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you can almost kind of talk about your book rather than talk about yourself when yeah. you're introducing yourself. And it's a, it's a kind of, it's a roundabout way of talking about what you do and, and how you can help people, but without being completely um, self-serving. Mm -hmm. How are you seeing people using their books aligned to their business these days? Certainly having a book that's aligned, I think, is really important. So I just, I'm just going to pick up on that bit first, because if you're writing a book, it makes sense to be um, serving the people you're working with already. So rather than writing a book on this topic, when your business is here, when you bring everything together, it makes it so much easier. So that's certainly something that I would say is really important. Mm. Um, and now I've forgotten the question you asked me, Clive, because I've gone off at a bit of a tangent. <laughs> so what I'm interested in, Karen, is that how people are using their book to leverage their book for their business. That was um, it, yes. So when everything's aligned, it just makes it easier, doesn't it? And, you know, you, if you have a lead magnet on your website that then leads into your book, that then leads into a group program, then leads into one-to-one, -one, it means everything is aligned. And you've got that book, you know, that book ideally um, kind of um, just covers everything that you do. So when I wrote Becoming an Authority, it helped me to really get clear on how my message has evolved in the last four, five or six years since I've been a book mentor and actually include client stories and, you know, that type of thing. And it brought everything together. And that's why I had to write that book. Um, because although, you know, I wrote your book as a hook oh, five years ago, my business has evolved. My business has changed. So when you align everything, it allows you to leverage it. And people know you for what you do. So, you know, successes my clients have had have been sort of speaking engagements, TEDx, um, you know, selling copies, um, raising their profile, launching products off the back of the book courses. Oh gosh, you know, where do I where do I start? Where do I stop? So many different successes, and um, yeah. And that's interesting because by the sound of it, then there's been more to gain than the book itself. Uh, you've had the opportunity there to collect information that perhaps you wouldn't have done otherwise around client stories and a real sort of impact change as the work you've done with people but also it's helped you get clear from what your value proposition is mm -hmm. uh, and you're right actually everybody needs a hook we need to know why this is what Karen stands for this is what Clive stands for 
this is what they're about because that helps us decide who we engage with for particular things. Mm. And you picked on it a while and picked on the sort of the nub of it a while ago, Clive. You know, it's not just about book sales. Yeah, it's great when you put your book on Amazon, you start getting the royalties in. But actually, if you rely on royalties alone, you're not going to be able to pay the bills. So it's all it's about having a real vision for your book. So knowing what you want it to do um, and then making sure that it actually acts as that expensive business card, that it opens doors for you, that it gets you new opportunities you wouldn't have had otherwise. And, you know, and if you're a speaker, obviously, it makes sense to have a book that you can promote alongside your speaking, that people can buy from you, that people can get to know you that little bit more as well. So for me, that's kind of the leverage. It's, mm. And it's so much more than the book. You know, the book is kind of the end point, but the clarity that clients go through, the confidence they have in their message, you know, they're the, they're the things that really, you know, I love about, you know, working with clients, seeing them blossom, seeing them grow. Um, ultimately, they get a book at the end of it, but it's more than just that. That's really interesting. I was just thinking about a, a comment you made there about, it's about familiarity, isn't it? Because when you've read someone's book and then you meet them, you feel like you already know them. Absolutely. And this is the like, feedback that I've had, um, both from the stuff that I've done on YouTube and on the podcast, is that when people meet me, even if they've never met me in real life, they feel like they know me a little. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps a lot, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. So people, you know, I always um, say to people, you know, you have to put yourself into the book. It's not just about a process. You have to share your story. You know, why are you where you are today? We all want to know that. We all want to know the backstory to someone. It doesn't have to be a whole autobiography. It might just be a few lines. It might be a few chapters. It might be a few paragraphs. But I think getting to know people is key, especially in the world we're living in now with the kind of the service driven industry, especially for coaches, therapists, trainers, speakers, where they don't necessarily have a product that they can actually sell to people. Um, you know, it's a really great way of people to get to know you and that know, like and trust factor. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I'm certainly seeing different, and I, I see it in a couple of different places. Uh, basically, I, I read for, I read partly for pleasure and partly for, for work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a series that I'm following at the moment. It's a fiction series. It's military science fiction. Um, and I forget the author's name, which is probably a bit unfair. At the end of each book, he says, like, connect me on social media. He's inviting the, the next conversation. He's inviting you to get, uh, to let you know yeah. what you think of the series so that he, it will, I suppose, partly to encourage him to continue to write the series, but also to help influence it. Mm. I kind of like the fact that there's this continuum, there's this feeling that you can engage with the author. But we're also seeing things done differently with business books now. I certainly remember, actually, I've got on my shelf there, uh, Brendan Bouchard's book, or one of his books, High Performance Habits. And in there, he gets you to go to his website to download some resources. Because go there, then there's other ways in which you can engage with Brendan and and buy his programs and things like that. And, you know, that's quite smart, isn't it? That's why I encourage all my clients to do. And I do it myself as well. I'll be honest with you. Because, you you know, ultimately the book is just a starting point, isn't it? You know, some people will read a book. That's all they need. Some people will read a book, but they're interested in finding out a little bit more. So they might engage with you yeah. on social media. And then some people will read a book and then they know they want to work with you personally. And I think the biggest mistake I've, I've seen someone make, and that is writing a really lovely book, really engaging. And at the end of it, it's just like, who are you? How do I work with you? No website, no contact details at all. Yeah. So having that call to action at the end and and throughout, I think, and you know, if you're using it as a business tool, for me, that's really important. Yeah. So this is actually really important because if you go back and, and read books maybe 10 years ago, there was just a finish to the book. Yeah. Um, and maybe like a, a couple of paragraphs about the author who lives in Berkshire somewhere. That's as much as you'd ever know. 
But now it's about thinking, like, so where do we want to take people? So can you just talk us through the whole strategy? If you're going to write a book and the, the point of the book is like, yeah, make some money if you can, but mostly you want to do it to help leverage for your business. Can you give us like a bit, bit of a high picture strategy for this? Yeah, it's, um, if people get hold of uh, my new book, Becoming an Authority, which is out on audio, it takes you through the whole 10 principles that I'm going to roughly go through now. Um, the yeah. first part of it, I think this is where some authors make a mistake is they start with the writing. And actually, there's four principles that I cover before you even get to the writing side of things. So it's all the preparation yeah. that sets you up for success. So the first one is starting with the end in mind. Um, because unless you know what you want your book to do for you, your readers and your business, it's hard to actually start it. Um, first, um, starting with the end in mind, sort of covers vision, it covers alignment, it covers leverage. So it's being absolutely crystal clear on that before you start, for me, is, is, is totally key. Um, so otherwise, you can't measure success and you might not achieve the success you desire. Um, the second part, so, uh, the next sort of few principles focus on, you know, what is your subject? What are you talking about in this book? Because if you're a generalist business coach, you've probably got hundreds of topics you could talk about. But what's actually in this book? And is there more than one book? Um, then the third principle is all about your secret source. What makes you different? So it's kind of your hook, you know, in my language. Um, but what is the thing that makes you different? When there are hundreds, thousands, millions of books being published every year, how do you make sure that your book stands out? Um, and then I move into the structure because when you've got a really clear structure for your book, it makes it easier to write it. So if you, so whenever, whenever I work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis, we get a big piece of flip chart paper, we get post-it notes out, we map everything out before they start writing. Um, and yeah. then we move into the writing stage. And then the whole process really sort of alongside this is marketing the book. It's about getting the right support team, getting the right feedback on board, um, making sure you've got the right promotion launch and everything like that. So that kind of is, the rest of the principles that I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but it just gives you a bit of an overview. But for me, the preparation is key. Then it makes it easier to write it. And then I just, you know, whenever I work one-to-one -one with clients, we look at the milestones along the way. Otherwise, it can feel quite overwhelming, can't it? When you think I'm writing a 50,000 word book, I, I've got a blank page in front of me. Where do I start? So it's about making it as easy as possible for people. Yeah, that's, that's a horrifying thought, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> here, here I am, just open word up. Blank page and 50,000 words. Um, yeah, if, if you sat and thought about that too much, you'd never start, would you? No, that's why the planning is key. When, you know, whenever I work with clients, we always um, look at, you know, the structure for the book. So what's, you know, you know, all of the behind the scenes, you know, so you've got a synopsis. So if someone says, you know, Clive, you're writing a book, what are you writing mm. about? I want you to then be able to respond in just a few sentences and be absolutely confident and crystal clear what you're doing. And then that will make it easier to write once you've got the structure and everything else in place. Um, otherwise, you could be randomly writing about, you know, a million and one topics. And for me, it's the, a good book follows flow. A good book takes people on a journey. A good book really identifies who the book is for and takes them from kind of their pain point, their problem through to the solution they're looking for. So for me, a good book takes people on, on that journey, whatever that journey looks like. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true, isn't it? I want to talk a little bit about the early parts, first of all. We won't go into detail on in all these segments, we just don't have time. Mm. But you said it starts with preparation. Start with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey, um, mm. uh, as Stephen Covey wrote about. And, and actually, it's one of the things that I picked up from my interview with Dusty Matthews back. I think it was about episode six, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes page. What he was talking about was public speaking and how, when you design your talk, you design it with the mind of where you want to take people. And that's I like you know I've been public speaking for decades as a trainer. 
But I'd never considered that. It was all about like what I wanted to teach you or share with people. You know, that's a really good takeaway that you brought up there. You said about what's your topic. That's item two. Mm-hmm. How do you find the right topic for your audience? And obviously, you could talk about a lot of things, couldn't you? I think it really depends what you do. So for me, when I wrote Becoming an Authority, I just literally distilled everything I did into a process. So I went, okay, so when I'm working one-to-one with clients, what do I cover in which order do I cover it in? And how? Do, and that kind of informed the principles. Um, so if you are doing one particular thing, you can, you know, for me, it's sort of like the book is kind of the foundation and you can take people on that journey of what you might deliver on a one-to-one basis. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, basically. So if you've already got a process, so a lot of um, clients I'm working with, um, you know, they, they do that. Not everybody and everyone's different. Um, or it might be that you've got more than one book that you, I was talking to somebody yesterday who's got two shorter books because they are for different audiences. Amalgamating them in one book would be a mistake because they are two different audiences, but actually having two shorter books that will pr- probably potentially mirror each other are more likely to help him to achieve success rather than try and sort of cobble everything together in one book for two different audiences. Uh, and that's interesting as well. You said about uh, shorter books. Uh, I uh, interviewed Andrew Jenkins, and his first book was, uh, I don't know how many pages it was, but maybe 300 pages, a right big, meaty book. Uh, very, very excellent book. It's about your real authentic self. I'll put the link up on the show notes page. But then he brought out a new book, which was a pocket size book, and it was really quite thin. It was on, it was on leadership. Um, and the the smaller book really outsold the you know the the big meaty book, uh, and it seems that people enjoy a short read these days because particularly when it comes down to business because they want to get into the meat. Absolutely, and I think there's there's a place for every 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 book. You know, we've worked um, um, at Libertas. We've worked with clients who have done nineteen thousand words up to ninety six thousand words, and there's no right or wrong when it comes to how long it is. And sometimes it is what it is. Um, but most business books tend to be around the sort of thirty to fifty thousand word mark. Tends to be you know pretty much the norm. But I think yeah, you know, if you think about how we're moving these days, how we're strapped for time you know I mentioned earlier about I can't remember the last time I read a non-fiction book that wasn't mine or one of my clients because they tend to be the things that get put on the back burner don't they so you want to make something as easy to read as possible you don't want something that's padded out just for a fact actually if you can say everything you need to say in 20,000 words you know there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're giving value and you're giving good content you know for me that's okay you got any tips there about making it easier for people to consume to get through quicker um, certainly one of the things I work, work on with clients is to have a rhythm to, for the chapters. So with becoming an authority, um, there are three tips at the end of every chapter. So even if you just, you know, um, you know, listen to me on, you know, double speed, for example, you know, there are three key things that you can pick up at, at the end of every chapter. So a lot of clients I work with, we look at sort of like this, each chapter mirroring each other again. Um, so that people know what to expect and how to, how to read it. So again, breaking it down into bite-sized chunks for me is key. Um, but it's, it's, it's doing that preparation first and doing that structure first, which makes it easier to write, even if it evolves as you write it. Sure. sure. And, and just going back to your question earlier, Clive, about sort of how do you know what to write about? Um, a lot of clients do a lot of research. Um, they ask, they do a survey, they ask clients, they, they say, oh, I could write about this. What do you want to know first? Mm-hmm. So just asking the reader, rather than assuming, asking the reader what they want to know, for me is a really great strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing perhaps, one way to start is to think about oh, what problems do my clients have um, that I can help them with. And then, mm. uh, as you say, you, I mean, we've got the huge asset that is social media. 
And so you could go out there and you can talk to people, talk to people that you know directly, but also uh, you know, get on groups, get some feedback and some input, um, and then help, hopefully that will help you whittle things down and get some clearer sense of what you want to write about. Yeah, and also I've worked with quite a few clients who have kind of got multiple books to write. So the first book is kind of the umbrella that covers all of the topics but gives an overview, and then there could be individual books on each of those topics as well. So that, again breaks it down for people so they can sort of read the overview and then they might go actually I want to know more about this one or this one then they can you know delve into more detail in those areas but then that does require writing more than one book of course and I do I've worked with so many clients that have said I'm not doing it again I did it with my first and then I get the email going I'm writing my second one where did that come from (laughs) you get the bug you get the you know you get the feedback from people you get people asking you for more so you respond to it yeah yeah and are you tending to find that there's more people these days using external resources uh, and using those within the books and referring them. It'll be like we're saying, Brendan Bashar's doing that with some worksheets. In fact, he's, he also brought out a, a journal. It was a, about a 60-pound journal on Amazon, a really nice mm-hmm. journal, uh, but it's just a plain blank journal. And he's selling that in conjunction with the habits that he's teaching in his book. Are you seeing a lot of people do that with the people that you're working with? not journals but anything like that you know you you know again it's just you know what do people want from you um certainly one client I worked with a few quite a few years ago now she's launched a very successful program off the back of her book and it was very much mirrored around the book at the time so it's covering the same principles in the book but when people worked with her in on the the program um that that was very successful is continues to be successful people got to work with her more personally because you know a book is only going to it's going to be quite um bespoke you know it's, it's not going to be very bespoke it's off the shelf whereas a, a program or working one-to-one with someone is going to be much more tailored to their needs and what they're specifically going for yeah going through even yeah yeah so this is where coaches and consultants they can do really well there because you can share loads of information but uh, uh, essentially it then still comes down to okay how do i make this transformation that we've been talking about in that book mm. and so this is i suppose case for so many different business owners out there is that if you can give them the information but then your service can be the transformation itself so it's about okay you've seen how it's done let's you know now if you want help to implement this let's do it absolutely you know you can be becoming an authority and you'll get kind of my principles what i teach but working with me one-to-one is going to help you to get the best results because that's obviously, as you say, where the transformation occurs because it's going to be very much tailored to the individual and what they're going through as they're writing it. Right. Okay. So you pick a great topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about what it is that, uh, that you want to create or, or take people to. So start with the end in mind. Pick a great topic. Secret source or a hook. Can you give us a, a couple of examples about secret sources or hooks so that we can have a clear picture about that yeah it's it's knowing what makes you and your book different from anything else that's been written so if you're writing about time management there's a lot of books out there on time management but what makes your book different what is the unique um and it's it's going to be different hard to say because it's different for everybody what is the thing that makes your book different what makes you stand out so it's looking at that unique hook that unique or unique approach to a different to a topic that a lot of people are talking about yeah yeah and actually a lot of the stuff if you read in business or marketing isn't entirely you it's just a different spin yeah absolutely so a good book doesn't regurgitate what else has been written it looks at things from a different viewpoint so take writing a book for example you know 
obviously I could have talked through about this is how you write a book, but actually becoming an authority for me just takes it deeper. It takes it to a different level, um, which is why I took that approach with, with, with this current book. Okay. All right. Let's imagine that you've, you've created a book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> just, just overnight, um, <laughs> you sat down, you write a book. Uh, now, I know that there's a lot of people that I've spoken to who have published books, and the only books that were ever sold were the ones that they bought themselves and gave away as gifts. That's, that's good in itself because it would be a great thing to give a potential client. But nevertheless, I think that a lot of people would hope for more for that. So we get a lot of people producing books or becoming an author and getting very mediocre results from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is it that separates those people from mediocre, mediocrity, to those people who do exceptionally well? So those who do exceptionally well, they market their book as they write it. So they build their community. They get the buzz going. They do Facebook Lives. They might blog about their journey. They might talk about it on social media. They might pre-sell their book. So they're building that buzz as they go. And the most successful clients have a, a, a launch party of some description. So whether it's an Amazon launch, physical launch, or they get someone doing the PR for them, they actually sell, they actually do something and they mark that occasion. Because I think otherwise it, it's so easy to go, oh, I've done it. Okay, what now what? Um, and then the third thing is that they have a plan. I was talking to a client yesterday who published her book earlier in the year. And she said, okay, Karen, what do I need to do next with my book? And I said, right. You need a plan. You need a plan for, you know, 2020. You need to be able to say, okay, so how does your book fit into your business plan? And so we were talking together, you know, about different things that she could do. So, you know, the, the kind of couple of different things to think about is it's kind of your individual sales, like, you know, selling books through Amazon, Waterstones, et cetera. It's about getting your reviews on Amazon is always good to actually have. But it's also looking at how you can get your book to a wider audience. So like doing things like podcast interviews is one of the things I suggested to her. Um, guest blog posts. Um, how do you get in front of? How do you use? Your, you know, how do you maximise your own audience? But also, how do you get your book in front of other people as well? Yeah, so that's really having that ongoing strategy, and it's not just about your launch. It can be many months, if not years, after your launch as well. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, somebody that I saw on, on LinkedIn recently was talking about uh, content being king, and what he was saying made a really uh, good point. I wish I could remember the person's name. But there's this phrase around content rules everything around me, cream. Heard of that one? Okay. No, I haven't heard that one. Uh, well, obviously, based on the fact that content is king, but what he's saying is the real thing is that you can have content, but if nobody knows that it exists, it's pointless. Mm. Um, and uh, so what we should be focusing on more is dream. Instead of cream, it's dream. So distribution rules everything around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, like a, a clear sign to me that actually, you know, for my podcast and for anything else that I'm doing, as well as people that I'm supporting, it is all about distribution. It's all about mm-hmm. being seen. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you mentioned about podcasting because one of the things about becoming an author, the fact that somebody sat and read and wrote 30,000 words, whatever, however long it is, they've actually thought clearly about a particular subject and mm. therefore can articulate themselves well. Would you agree? Absolutely. And obviously, you've, if you've got 30, 40, 50,000 words of a book, you've got, you've got tons of content that you can share and you can use it to distribute it. You know, I've um, written 
all sorts done podcasts and every podcast I do is different because it really depends on the person who's interviewing me and what comes out of my mouth at that particular time so you when you've got your content it just gives you it gives you a framework I suppose to talk about any aspect of that piece of content you're not trying to think of something new you know whenever I give a talk you know I just literally rock up and just do my thing now because I know my content so well I don't need to think oh what am I going to say what's going to be different because I know every time I do it's different but I have this framework and I have a kind of well I've got six books now so I've got hundreds of thousands of words that have been written on the topic and that for me just gives the foundation for everything Mm. um yeah it's funny the more you talk the more it makes me realize that actually this is probably a really good thing to do if you are a coach or a consultant or somebody who provides advice uh is that by going through that process you you're going to break down what your process is and probably Mm. give it a name Yes. Um, and then you'll be able to articulate it so much more clearly than a lot of consultants out on the market who are, are just trying to explain things, but they've never really sort of sat down to work out in such a way. Yeah. So I, I imagine that you'd be a better coach consultant uh, as a result. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. You know, you just get so much clarity on your own process, how you do you or or what you're talking about. It just, as I said, it just gives the foundation for everything you do. That's why for me, it has to be aligned. You have to know how you can leverage it. And for me, that's what, what, yeah, it's what all of our clients have done over the years is they've been really clear on the message and then they know what they can do with it and how they can get it out to more people. And also it's not necessarily about reinventing the wheel because if they're already talking about the topic, we just delve a little bit deeper. So they'd get even clearer. I remember working with a client earlier this year um, and she She's got, she's got a process that she's already teaching. She's, she's got, um, you know, she, she's delivered talks to hundreds of people on it. But actually, we've worked through and she's gone so much deeper. She's got so much more understanding of it um, than she did when she started. Sure, sure. Uh, absolutely. OK, so one of the things that I see a lot uh, from authors is this, uh, this attention to being on the Amazon bestsellers list. Um, and in fact, I remember speaking to Jeff Spires earlier in the podcast, one of the early episodes. He got a number one bestseller and he was saying, actually, it's relatively easy to get a bestseller these days. Is that true? Yes, it is. Well, yes and no. Um, depends on how you do it. Yeah, you could put a book for free on Amazon, launch it on a particular day. And yes, you'd easily get a bestseller or you could launch it for 99p. But actually, for me, doing the Amazon bestseller list is is when you do an Amazon bestseller launch, um, the biggest benefit of doing it is you get other people on board to help you. And it's that, again, if you want, I'll use your word, Clive, distribution. It gets your book out to so many more people who then would hear about it otherwise. Now, of course, it's a great accolade to have and people do want it. It's not quite as easy as you, as you think. You know, I take clients through it. I've had probably about three or four clients who I've taken through it. Probably most have achieved it, but if they followed everything, um, you know, to to the letter, I suppose, you know, when I launched my last book, I became an Amazon bestseller for a whole day. But for me, it wasn't about that. It was about getting it out to more people. And that was the reason for doing it. So it's all this kind of the method in my madness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that ultimately, is that not why we write or create anything? Is that somehow we want to make an impact with that? Yeah, making a difference, making an impact, reaching more people. You can't do that if you keep it to yourself. So, you know, just putting your book on Amazon and hoping isn't a strategy. But actually, when you get other people to help you and when you have kind of that win-win relationship with people to spread the word, that's where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. And I do remember, actually, because when Jeff was doing his his launch, he, he was doing book signings. 
He was on podcasts. He was like, he was everywhere. And yeah. he also leveraged his networks. Uh, so I remember him like giving me a ring and saying, hey, can you buy my book on this date, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. So give us an example uh, of somebody that you've worked with. What was their plan? How did they go around it? Gosh, I've got, where do I start? So many, so many different examples. Um, what specifically would you like me to cover? Any, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know who to pick now. <laughs> uh, pick somebody relatively recent who wrote a business book. Um, gosh, um, uh, uh, Sarah Alaria North. She's a lady I spoke to yesterday talking about her. So she's launched her book. Now it's about putting it into the plan. So I'll, I'll talk about her. What would you like to know? And I'll, I'll warn her later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, um, and if he gets the link, well, uh, <laughs> she gets a bit of pre-published. But okay, so uh, what kinds of things is she doing to promote her book right now? Um, she had a book launch um, a month or so ago um, up in um, Yorkshire, which I went up to attend. So she had a party to celebrate. But what she's doing is she's working on her plan at the moment. So she's built her community. So she's sold, went through the figures with her yesterday. So outside of her own community through Amazon sales, Waterstone sales, et cetera, ebook sales, I think she's on about 300 so far yeah. um, within about five or six weeks. So she published in must be end of October, November time. So that sort of um, that sort of time. And she's just looking at leveraging it now. So who does she know? So she's um, going to be in Coach Magazine in January, as am I. So I introduced her to the um, person who runs that magazine. Um, she's got podcasts that she's going to start investigating opportunities like that. So, and she's working with the PR um, person as well. So that's the plan yeah. um, for 2020 is to actually really start to leverage it now yeah. and for it to lead into her programs. As, as she is a coach, she does transformational coaching. Mm. Um, that's what her book is all about is, is helping people to go beyond the, I suppose, I suppose a little bit right, writing a book, you know, to beyond mediocre coaching to actually transformational coaching, which is what her book is all about. Yeah, yeah, sure. And when I think about my images of the typical author, I, I used to have this this vision of like some man or woman sitting at like their computer typing away in complete isolation, not talking to anybody for weeks and months on end. I think you're kind of saying it's different, is that you actually have to be speaking to people during that process and building your networks. Oh, I'm glad I picked Sarah because she also came out to Spain twice on our writing retreat. And you can just picture her laying by the laying by the pool with her iPhone. Literally, she went away to dictate it. So every so often she was inspired, she dictated it. Right. When she wasn't doing that, she was getting a good tan. <laughs> <laughs> so writing, I think writing can be done in any particular way. So when I wrote Becoming an Authority, I took myself away for three days to write it. Yes. And I wrote about 22,000 words in those three days. Wow. Sarah very much with a you know a busy life a busy business and also family you know she found she needed to go away so she came to Spain a couple of times to get her book out of her head so the first time she was very much in the early stages of developing her ideas we'd just done a day together yeah. and then when she came back last year she, we were more in the editing stages so we were kind of pulling it together giving feedback for on the book with her and actually helping her you know to get over that final hurdle um, so yeah so that's sure typically how we worked with her. So not everyone works one-to-one and comes on two retreats, but she did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I need an excuse to go on a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my reason to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, awesome. And I think that if there's, there's one thing that I take from this is the fact that it is all about like your community. It's about accessing people and relationships and opportunities because there's no point just having mm-hmm. a book that 
sits on a shelf, is there? No, no. It's, it's about getting it out to as many people as possible. Um, yeah, whether you do speaking, it's about having a plan. So what, what I was talking to you about Sarah yesterday yeah. is, you know, the different ways that she could market based on her, because, you know, she she's not, I, I think it's unlikely she'll set up her own podcast, but actually being a guest, you know, she's a very articulate lady, being a guest on other people's podcast, sharing her message, absolutely perfect, you know, standing on stage, talking to people, you know, that's where she's in her element. So it's just, it's doing the things that work for you. So with, you know, depending on your own um your own comfort zone although you need to stretch yourself if you're going to play big rather than play small you do need to stretch yourself um but it's also doing things that are going to actually reach your ideal client because if they're not out there at the speaking engagements you're speaking at you're not going to achieve success no no and you're right if we're going to take this on from the point of view of not just having written a book but to leverage it for our business that we do have to play big on this and that means that doing a few things like perhaps being on a podcast, if you've been on a podcast before or speaking on stage or doing whatever you think is going to take. It might mean pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. Mm. Going back to what we were saying before is that at least you know what you're talking about because you spent <laughs> all that time. Yeah, yeah. About it. yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So listen, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, if they want to read your new book, which I encourage them to do so, tell us about the book. How can people get in touch? I did something slightly different with this book. I went audio book first. So it's on most of the audio um, channels. Um, but if you go to becominganauthority.co.uk, you'll find it. All of these sort of links are on, on the page. Um, so it's available. I, I wrote it with audio in mind. So they're bite-sized chunks. There's, you know, the longest um, chapter, I think, is 18 minutes long. There's a possibility it might come out as a print book. I haven't decided yet. But I did it because a lot of my clients were asking how to do audio. So I knew I had to experience it myself yes. to be able to give advice on that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's out now. And um, Libertas.com um, is my website. So www.libertas, L-I-B-R-O-T-A-S.com. Um, yeah, and you can find out more about how I work and what I do, sure. helping people to become an authority. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll put all those links on the show notes page. For those of you listening right now, if you go to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 60, the link's there to Libertas to everything that Karen's mentioned to her new book and uh, the past episodes as well if you want to listen to Karen back on episode 16 then you can go and check the web <laughs> up that's getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 16 now Karen aside from going and buying your book and listening to it if we were going to boil this down to maybe one or two things that people can take away and do as a result of today because remember that this podcast is always about making it practical and implementable mm-hmm. what would be a good place to start a good place to start would be starting with the end in mind, being really clear on what you're writing, who it's for, and what you wanted to do for you, your business, and also your readers. So I would start with that. So be really clear on, okay, so I'm thinking about writing a book. What's what's the end game? Where do I want to get there? Who do I want to work with more? And how do I want to help them? So just really getting clear on that end game right from the very beginning. And that's for me, that's the best place to start. And just bear in mind, it takes a while to do. So if you're thinking about writing a book in 2020, it is time to start. You know, there's so many moving parts to the process. So if you do say, right, by Christmas um, 2020, I want to have a book in my hand or a book in other people's stockings, um, just get a, just need to get a blooming move on. <laughs> you do. And you've got to start, haven't you? And you've got to start. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just get started and get going with it. Just get started, get going with it. What about things to watch out for? Is there any common mistakes that people make that we should be careful about? 
God, that could, that would, that could be a whole podcast all by itself. Um, <laughs> it was well <laughs> uh, get, It's getting in their own way. Too many people get in their own way. Um, so principle number six or seven, I think it might be principle number six, is from stuck to self-confidence. A lot of people get stuck when they're writing a book. So in becoming an authority principle, I think it's six. It's all about getting out of your own way because, yeah, we, we do tend to get caught up in, is it good enough? Am I good enough? Do I know enough? And actually, we just have to move through that and going, actually, I am, I am enough and I do know enough. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the biggest place that people get stuck is that kind of that. What will people think? Absolutely. And I often think it's the same with public speaking as well. And sometimes we become so self-conscious about who are we, uh, you know, are we going to be judged and everything else like that. Um, and my typical advice here is like, you know, stop focusing on yourself. I mean, how self-serving is that? Yeah. Stop yeah. worrying about yeah. yourself and start thinking about how you can help the people who are reading. Um, and you're not looking to, or it's only one person reading. It's like the same with the podcast. It's only one person listening at a time. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's, it's not nearly as scary, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and it is about, it's about serving your readers. Cause if you keep, if you keep your message to yourself and you don't share it, that's not going to serve people, is it? So for me, it's just, you've got to, you know, if you've got a dream to write a book, just do it. You know, don't, don't, don't keep it to yourself. Just get it out there. Excellent. Excellent. Karen, that's a, a brilliant note to, to finish off uh, with there. I want to thank you for coming back on, on the show. Thank you. Uh, it's good to have you back. For those of you listening right now, I encourage you to go to the show notes page, get really about business.com forward slash 60, because what we'll do there is uh, you'll find all the links to the books that Karen's mentioned. You can go and check out Libertas, the home of Karen online. <laughs> we will be back next week with more tips and tricks uh, and strategies for you to grow your business. Until then, take care of yourself. Here's to you and your highly successful business.